Welcome to the Retirement Made Easy podcast, a show created to be your go-to source for straightforward retirement advice. Best of all, it is presented in a language that you can understand. Are you ready for some straight talk on retirement planning without all the fluff? Well, you found the right podcast. Here's your host, certified financial planner, Greg Gonzalez. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Retirement Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Greg Gonzalez. Thanks for joining me today. This is episode number 137. And my inspiration for this episode was just the past over the past couple of weeks, I've had some conversations with people that are going to be retiring this next year. And their big concern is, okay, when I retire, my paycheck goes away. So when I retire, where does the, my income come from? And how frequently do I receive that income? So when I was working, let's say I got paid every two weeks, that was pretty consistent. And that's how I, I worked out my budget. I paid my bills. So what do most people do in retirement when they're receiving that income? And then in the second segment of the show, I wanted to kind of touch on some listener questions that I have been receiving both by email and during our 30-minute retirement coaching calls that I offer listeners through my website, which is retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. While you're there, you can schedule your 30-minute retirement coaching session and also check out my free resources underneath the resources tab that you can download and have available for you. All right, let's get to it. Let's help answer this question about someone that retires. Where does their income come from? And how frequently do they receive it once they're retired? And so it's this whole idea of paycheck replacement. And so let's just work off of the notion, the idea that someone hypothetically got paid every two weeks. And I've had a lot of listener questions. Okay, well, how, how do you set up somebody's retirement income? How frequently are they, are they getting a paycheck, a distribution from their retirement accounts, whatever they happen to have? And how do you set up? How do you decide whether to withdraw from your Roth IRA first, your IRA, or maybe your after-tax brokerage account? What do you do? How do you do it? So it kind of depends on a lot of things. So first off, we look at, okay, how much income do we need every month? And the other way to look at it is to say, okay, what are our anticipated expected expenses on a monthly basis? What do we want to live on every month? And sometimes what I see people do is they make a mistake. They overestimate or underestimate what the tax implications of their retirement income are going to be. And so they either way, way withhold too much or don't withhold enough. But first, let's forget about taxes. Let's just say, okay, on an after-tax basis, how much income do I need coming in every month to pay my expenses? And if you don't know, well, there's a couple ways that you can do this. Number one, you can go to my website, retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. Under resources, there's a retirement budgeting tool to determine, hey, what are your expected expenses? Other people like to say, okay, I don't work off of a budget. I never have. So what they do is they look at their after-tax paycheck. And what does that average out to on a monthly basis? And then they kind of shoot for that in retirement. For me, that would never work. Because when I do retire one day, my expenses are going to be different in retirement than I was when I was working. There's probably going to be more traveling. There's going to be more time for hobbies. Things that are going to be different in your budget when every day is a Saturday. But 
Again, some people don't want to do the budget. They just try to replicate their monthly after-tax income from when they were working. So once we know, if I'm working with a client that's retiring and we're kind of trying to plan out a retirement income game plan for the next year, what we say is, okay, let's start by working backwards and say, what is our after-tax income that we're going to need every single month? And then we start looking at our income sources. So let's just assume somebody claims their social security benefit right away in the first year of retirement. That's not always the case. But let's just, for the sake of making this example easy, let's just say, okay, they've got social security income that is going to be coming in upon retirement. And we have to determine, okay, how much is that? And social security will tell you when they will deposit your social security income into, it'll be directly deposited. They don't mail checks anymore. It'll be directly deposited into your bank account. And so you know, okay, on the fifth of every month, I will receive my social security income. Now, most people cannot live purely on their social security income. Some can, most can't. The other thing I want to point out is Social Security will give you this amount to expect, but you have to really take into account, okay, is my Social Security income going to be taxable? Do I withhold taxes on my Social Security income? And what about your Medicare Part B premium, which I think is like 160 bucks a month in 2023? Is that going to be deducted every month from your benefit, or are you not yet 65? So we have to look at that and say, okay, what is the amount that we can expect from Social Security, how much is taxable, those kinds of things. Next, we look at other income sources that we can count on, such as pensions. So if you go and claim your pension benefit, pensions are taxed as ordinary income. They allow you to withhold taxes on your pension income. And of course, you know your financial planner will help you. If you live in a state like Illinois or other states that don't tax pension income or maybe not like IRA distributions or 401k distributions, your tax situation may be entirely different in retirement because you're not paying state income taxes on a big percentage of your income. You know, for example, I have clients in Illinois that are retired and they pay zero state income tax zero state income tax because their entire income comes from social security, a pension, and IRA withdrawals. That's it. So what I'm kind of getting at here is breaking this down into steps. Step number one is determine how much income we need. Forgetting about taxes for a minute, just saying how much income you need coming in every single month to live the lifestyle that you want. So that's the goal. Then we look at, okay, What are income sources? Our fixed income sources, that may be social security income, pension income, if you're lucky enough to have one, and they tell you the day of the month that it comes in. You don't really get to choose. Well, I should say most pensions don't let you choose. And oftentimes there's a gap between what we're living on, what we need to live on as far as retirement income every month, back off our social security income, our pension income, Then we have to determine, okay, what is that gap there that we need to live comfortably every month? And then we say, okay, we need to come up with a retirement income game plan. And we're drawing that money out of our IRAs, our Roth IRAs, our brokerage accounts, whatever your retirement nest egg is made up of. And so what I do, what what we do for our clients, you know, at my firm is we kind of map that all out and we come up with kind of a recipe. 
And so it might be for a client, okay, if on top of their pension and social security income, there's $2,500 of, of income that they need, we might say, okay, they need $500 of income from a Roth IRA, $1,000 from an IRA, a traditional IRA, and then another $1,000 from like an after-tax brokerage account. And how I'm getting at those amounts is I'm looking at all the other sources of income, social security, pension, and I'm saying, okay, let's look at our, our tax map and say, okay, where do they fall? So we need to take X amount of dollars out of a brokerage account and X amount of dollars out of an IRA to keep them in the 12% bracket. And so if a client said, okay, why am I taking $500 a month out of my Roth IRA every single month? Why am I not taking the whole $2,500 out of my IRA? And the answer is pretty simple. It's because, well, number one, that's going to make your social security even more taxable. And so we're saving dollars there, but also it might throw you into another tax bracket going from like the 12 to the 22%. And this is going to be different for everybody. So again, you have to take taxes into the equation as far as what accounts you dip into for your monthly spending needs. But getting back to the original question, typically what our clients like to do is they want income coming in in the first week of the month and then additional income coming in in the third week of the month. That allows them to kind of budget, but we also have some clients that say, no, I'm okay getting paid once a month, so I want all of my income, my social security, my pension, and all my retirement account distributions coming in the same week, and that might be the first week of the month. So it's kind of personal preference, and every situation is totally different, We have some clients that don't have pensions, so there's no pension income coming in, and they're delaying their social security benefits, so all of their retirement income needs are being taken care of from IRA withdrawals, Roth IRA withdrawals, that kind of thing. And so what they'll do is they'll split it up into two checks a month. They might do half on the first of the month, and the other half gets directly deposited into their bank account on the 15th of the month. I do have a few clients that truly want to take those distributions just like they were paychecks. So meaning if they got paid every two weeks, well, guess what? That's 26 pay periods in a year. And that's the way they want to take the distributions from their retirement nest egg. But keep in mind, for those people that have a pension, hey, that pension paycheck just pays once a month. The same with Social Security. If you ask Social Security, hey, you know what? I'd really like to get my Social Security check paid every two weeks. They might smile at you. They might laugh. But what you're going to hear is, I'm sorry, that's not the way we do it here. You're going to get one Social Security check directly deposited into your bank account per month. And if you're married and you're both collecting your Social Security income, guess what? those social security checks may can't come in at different times of the month. It all depends on your birthday. But typically, your social security income will go out on a Wednesday. But again, it may be different than your spouse. That's something that you'll kind of have to get used to, and it's totally out of your control. So when you're thinking about your retirement income and when it's going to come in and how much it is and what the tax implications are going to be, This is going to be different. This is an adjustment that I I see so many people as they transition into retirement, they have to kind of get used to. 
And I've had some people say, well, I don't think it's fair that social security checks only go out once a month. And I don't think it's fair that that pension checks only go out once a month. But like I said, it, it's it's kind of just one of those things that's out of our control. However, if that's going to be a difference maker, then we can always adjust the withdrawals we're taking out of somebody's retirement nest egg. If they were used to getting paid weekly, and believe it or not, I have a handful of clients that are still working that they do, they get paid weekly. But I know so many people, I guess the, probably the vast majority of people get paid every two weeks. That's That's most common anymore. But this is something that I definitely want to stress is is figure out ahead of time what your retirement income is going to be. When can you expect the income? And then also, lastly, what are the tax implications of this? I always recommend withholding taxes from whatever income sources that you have. You might need to withhold from your social security income. You might need to withhold taxes from your pension income. Other people may want to withhold taxes from their 401k or IRA distributions. But again, that's something that you want to have mapped out ahead of time so you're not withholding too much. Because if you withhold too much, you're giving a an interest-free loan to Uncle Sam. And that just doesn't make sense in my eyes. So I'll kind of wrap up this discussion with, again, in my experience, it's kind of been personal preference and what people are used to as far as when that monthly income is coming in. But so many things are out of your control, like a once a month social security check, a once a month pension check. I have other clients that, you know, I ask them, hey, you know, as far as our distributions we're taking from your retirement accounts, do you want those once a month, every two weeks? You know, kind of what are you thinking? And some people just say, it really doesn't matter. It's whatever's easier for you. And other people are like, no, I want it every two weeks, just like I was working. So hopefully that has been a good lesson or shared experience of what other people are doing as far as retirement income when it's coming in every single month, and sometimes more frequently than that. All right, I've got time for a few listener questions that I've had. I've had a lot of people go to the website, retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. At the bottom, there's Ask Greg a Question, and they are not bashful. Listeners submit their questions there, as well as, you know, they'll even book a 30-minute retirement coaching call with me. And I am not a tech geek or anything like that. I Believe me, I am not IT. But <laughs> there is a link right there on my website where it's connected to my calendar. You can find a convenient time. You just put in your name, phone number, and bam, I get an alert. You get a confirmation. It's really, really cool. I didn't come up with it, but it's awesome. So the first listener question was a guy by the name of Tom. Tom's wife was 62. Tom was 62. And he was going to continue to work. His wife was going to collect her Social Security benefit. And then when they both turned 67, Tom would retire. He would claim his Social Security benefit. And then the way he understood it is his wife would get half of his Social Security income. Tom says his Social Security income at 67 was $2,800 a month. So that means when his wife is 67, she can hop over to the spousal benefit, and that allows her to get half of his $2,800, which is $1,400 a month. And so between his $2,800 a month, her $1,400 a month, they'd be living pretty good. That's $4,200 per month of Social Security income minus uh, Medicare Part B. And Tom asks, does this sound like a good strategy? So 
the one thing I want to point out is you you got to remember Medicare Part B. It's depending on your income. For the lowest income people, it's 165 bucks a month, I believe, this year. So that's 330 bucks a month that they're going to be reducing from your joint Social Security income, which it brings you from $4,200 a month down to 3870. So for some people, you know, 330 bucks a month, that's a big difference, right? 4200 then goes down to, to 3870. And I haven't even mentioned anything about income taxes yet. That's purely gross. So to answer Tom's question simply, his idea of her claiming the benefit, her own benefit now at 62, she can totally do that, right? 62 years old is the first year you can claim your own benefit. However, right now she would not be able to claim her spousal benefit. You can only claim your spousal benefit after your spouse has claimed their benefit. So if Tom is still working, he has not claimed his social security benefit, she can't yet get the spousal benefit. She would only be able to to claim on her own earnings record. So if Tom then claimed his benefit at age 67, and again, she's the same age, 67 at that point, then at that point, she would be eligible for her spousal benefit. The problem is with this scenario, Tom, is by her claiming at 62, on her own benefit, she's not going to get the full 50% spousal benefit, which again would be 50% of his 2800 is 1400 bucks. She wouldn't get that full amount. For every month that she starts her Social Security income before her full retirement age, it reduces her spousal benefit later on when she becomes eligible for it. And again, on the podcast, it's kind of deep into the weeds, and I unfortunately can't get into the numbers. It would lose too many people. But again, if she did decide to claim on her own benefit now at 62, keep in mind it is going to reduce her spousal benefit later on down the road. However, if both of them waited until they were 67 and they were, let's just say their birthday was the same day, just as a very simple scenario, well, they could both at 67 claim their benefits he could claim the 2800 she could get her spousal benefit, basically the higher of her benefit or 50% of his, and we're going to say 50% of his, the spousal benefit at 1400 a month is higher than hers, then yeah, they could get the $4,200 a month. But if she claims on her own benefit before then, it's going to reduce that spousal benefit. Hope that helps you, Tom. That's a very, very common misconception. The next question comes from Tina. Tina actually sent a link to a YouTube video in her question and asked what I thought about this YouTube financial expert is what she claims. What do you think of this financial expert? And I'm going to leave out the name here because that's not important. Claiming that the best investment strategy for retirees is to own these two specific mutual funds. What are my thoughts? And is that something I would recommend as well? So. I watched the video, first of all, and this person is not a financial planner. They're not a financial advisor. And I looked them up online. They're not licensed to give financial advice at all. So that's the person that you're taking financial advice from if you listen to this video. And the way it works is it's it's a very, very weird world we live in, in the financial space. But if you have designations and certifications like I have, I cannot put out these videos that give blanket advice to people. I mean, that's just out of the question. And my compliance department at the end of this podcast, you'll hear like three minutes of disclosures 
right? And that's because I have all these certifications and licenses, and these are legal disclosures to kind of cover their butts. But on the other side of the coin, if I did not have any certifications or credentials or, or anything like that, I was not securities licensed or anything, I could put out these crazy YouTube videos giving financial advice and even going as far to recommend specific investments like this person was doing with these mutual funds. However, this person has no professional certifications or licenses or anything like that. But this person is can put on a nice outfit and, and make this YouTube video that has hundreds of thousands of views and, and people take it as real advice and, and they go and implement it. That's what's so scary. And it's kind of backwards. It, you know, you're preventing the people that have the certifications and all the licenses from putting out any content. But the people that don't have any licenses and, you know, securities licenses and designations and anything like that, it's like, no, we, we don't want those people to be able to put anything out there. That to me, that's just backwards. But I digress. So to get to the answer to this question, no, I don't recommend that, you know, anybody listening to this podcast put all their money into two specific mutual funds that are talked about in this YouTube video, because I don't think blanket advice like this, investment advice, financial planning advice is good for people. You have to kind of know somebody's background. It's kind of like a doctor. When I go into the doctor, they want to know everything. What is my medical history? Are you allergic to anything? Do you have a family history of anything? They want to know all this different stuff about me. Do you have high blood pressure? Are you taking any medication? All this stuff before they give me any recommendations as far as my health, whether I need to you know, have any kind of treatment or prescription or anything like that. They want to know all that background information before they'll, they'll give me anything meaningful. I truly believe that retirement planning should be the same way. We should really figure out all the background information about you before we give any specific advice, if it's going to be meaningful at all. Because I don't think cookie cutter advice like this is helpful for people. I don't think it's constructive. And you'll notice I withheld the YouTube creator person's name and their information. I'm not trying to put anybody down. Believe me, I'm not doing that and I never will. So I just want what's best for people. And what I can tell you is be careful who you take advice from. And Dave Ramsey, you know, for example, likes to joke and say, hey, don't take financial advice from your broke brother-in-law. Just don't do it. Take advice from somebody else. I think a better way of saying that is go to your doctor. If you're going to get valuable advice on your health, go to the professional. Go to a doctor that you like and you trust. Don't try to look it up on your own or find somebody that went to medical school and then failed out and, and thinks they're an expert, go to your doctor, talk to him or her. So that's all I have for today's episode of the Retirement Made Easy podcast. If you have questions, go to my website, retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. I'll see you next week. And remember, always dream big. The opinions voiced in this material are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, please consult your attorney, tax advisor, or financial advisor prior to investing. This is a hypothetical example and is not representative of any specific investment. Your results may vary. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices mentioned are 
are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. The Smart Vester program is a directory of investment professionals. Neither Dave Ramsey nor Smart Vester are affiliates of St. Louis Retirement Advisors or LPL Financial. There is no guarantee that a diversified portfolio will enhance overall returns or outperform a non-diversified portfolio. Diversification does not protect against market risk. All investing involves risk, including loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, Memra FINRA, SIPC. Thank you for listening to the show today. Check us out at our website, retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. And if you want some help from Greg, submit your questions at the bottom of the page or sign up for a 30-minute retirement coaching session with Greg. We'll see you next week.